Hello there, this is Robert Berry, your old buddy, and welcome to Retro Crush, the podcast episode 71. Got a really nice episode lined up for you today with an interview with one of the hottest and funniest comic book artists working in the business today named Johnny Ryan. Uh, Johnny does uh, Angry Youth Comics and Blecky Yuccarella for Fanographics Comics, and he's got a really fun website as well, uh, johnnyr.com, which we'll link up on the podcast section of our website for you there. And um, just uh, just a great time. Johnny's been a, a longtime friend of our us in the site. Uh, we interviewed him about five years ago, and thought it would be fun to touch base with him again. And uh, he's got some good stuff going on here, and we talk about his comics and vintage soda, crazy movies, and just, just all kinds of stuff. And we're going to have a print version of this interview as well, because we actually talked for a lot longer than uh, than you're going to hear in the podcast here, but just some really, really great stuff there. So, uh, and then uh, you last couple episodes, we've had a bit very uh, interview heavy. Uh, we had a good old... Uh, Oh, what's his name? Richard Cheese, last uh, episode. And if you haven't heard episode 70 yet, uh, really good chance to, to hear a fun uh, um, musical retrospective of the of the work of Richard Cheese, and he talked with us uh, as well. Um, and uh, after this, uh, we'll probably get back to some of the, the standard format of uh, just lots of crazy little things and bits. I've um, got some things lined up for you as well. And within a week, uh, April 8th is our fifth anniversary of the website, so I'm really excited about that as well. So I uh, thought that would be kind of appropriate uh, as part of our five-year anniversary week to feature a new interview with one of the first people we ever interviewed for Retro Crush. So without further ado, here is our interview with Los Angeles comic book artist, and uh, funniest comic book artist alive, according to uh, many people out there, including myself. So uh, we have Johnny Ryan here, famous cartoon uh, comic book artist here. He, he's uh, famous for uh, Angry Youth Comics, for Blecky Yaccarell, and a bunch of other things there. How's, how, so you just uh, released the latest issue of uh, Angry Youth Comics, right? Well, first I want to question your use of the word famous uh, I don't think that applies to me but uh, yeah I finished I finished uh, number 10 number 10 in the uh, hottest comic book artists of our time yeah cool according to very popular magazines Wait, was what magazine was that uh, I was on Rolling Stones uh, hot picks for 2005. So now that 2006 is coming around, it's all over now, huh? I'm cold, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> You're the cold picks there. Well, you know, speaking of, of timeliness, though, that, that's still keeping you abreast with the current events of the world, uh, much like the editorial cartoonists in Denmark, you recently had some controversy about a, a Muslim-themed car- comic strip in the Portland Mercury. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it wasn't... I don't know if... if I mean, I'm not Muslim, so I guess it didn't bother me. But uh, <laughs> um, yeah, they they just they just thought, I guess, that it it uh, would cause too much trouble for them or something, which is you know their prerogative. Now, in this strip, that was a, a a royal. A, they were following Blecky Yuccarella. It was the strip that you uh, do weekly for the Portland Mercury, and it's available right. on your website. Right. And. Um, 
they're walking down the street and they see a roll of toilet paper flopping around and it the last panel the gags that it's coming out of a, of a muslim guy's ass mm-hmm. and she's wiping her ass with it yeah um, well that's <laughs> they thought that it it would it made fun of people who, who wear turbans a little bit too much um what is kind of interesting about this i i do have like a, a very slight connection to the to the denmark thing in that um, uh, a few years ago, the uh, there was a, a Danish publisher that was somewhat interested in in translating some of my comics, and my publisher and, and the Danish publisher were talking, and and one of the things that they asked was if I could do a weekly strip for them in Denmark, which they would publish in Denmark or uh-huh. somewhere. Um, Making fun of Muslims, and um, <laughs> I, I sort of, I, I just kind of, you know, let it let it go. I, I guess I didn't think that they were very serious about it. They didn't really follow up either, so I didn't really think there was much to it. And I, I had already, I already had things that I was working on, and it sounded like a sort of a pain in the ass. Uh, so, yeah, I just kind of, you know, blew it off. But now I kind of wish that I jumped on that train yeah you could have been having death threats outside your house already yeah huh? it would have been very exciting now now these uh these strips that you've been doing as of late they're a part of a, a feature that you started a long time ago called shouldn't you be working right and um now you used to work in a, a urology clinic was it yes it was when i was living in seattle a few uh-huh. years ago, I'm, I'm in Los Angeles now. But when I was living in Seattle, I had a I had a, a day job where I was doing insurance billing for uh, for a uh, urological clinic. Did you ever do any drinking on the job? <laughs> well, yeah, you know, sometimes uh, I'd have to do some taste testing, make sure that uh, there was no AIDS in the urine. <laughs> this, this, this pee is hereby AIDS free. <laughs> yes. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I pretty much fill my time with, uh, doodling. Were you always drawing in class, like, while the teacher is talking and stuff like that? Not always, um, but I, I mean, I, I do remember certain moments of, of being busted for, for drawing, uh, inappropriate things. What I, what I really the- like... Like about these strips that you do, and, and if you go to, by the way, johnnyr.com, it's, uh, we'll link to that on the site too. Um, there's generally, a, and, and you've got a, a really good group on Yahoo that you can subscribe to where the links spoon fed you each week of the latest strip. Uh, what's, what's the right way to call this sort of printing process that, that you're. Uh, oh, the, you're talking about the letterpress? Um, yeah, these are like comic, the comic book Holocaust, Holocaust and Marvel yeah, Super um, Pages. And, uh, yeah, I have a, a friend, Alvin Buenaventura. He. He uh, actually just started a publishing uh, comic publishing place, and and uh, he would do letterpress. He, he does a lots of, of really nice letterpress prints, and uh, so you know we hooked up, and and he started doing um, uh, letterpress prints for my uh, for my covers because mm-hmm. he, he really liked them, and and he, I think he wanted to be involved in it in some way, and. Um, so yeah, we've done four issues so far, and now he's going to collect them all into one sort of 
anthology book. Because I think a lot of people, there are very limited editions. So a lot of people missed the, the the first runs of some of those early now issues. The, now, the fourth one, that which would be what, comic book Holocaust 3? Well, the first one was the funny pages. And the second one was called Marvel Super Pages. Okay, I'm sorry. The first sorry, one was the funny pages because that was parodies of newspaper strips. Right. The one was called Marvel Super Pages because that was parodies of all the Marvel superheroes, or at least as many as I was familiar with. Um, and then two, the the third and fourth one. That's when I. The third one was called Comic Book Holocaust, and then the fourth one was Comic Book Holocaust Two. Right. Okay. So those are the. But we the, these will be uh, collected in one giant volume soon. Then, huh? Right. Um, I'm about to to wrap up the whole thing in about two weeks. Just have two more to do, and then, uh, yeah, then Alvin and I start trying to get this thing all together into a book, which will be available for. It won't be limited edition; it'll be available for anybody who wants it. That's great. Yeah, there's definitely uh, some some great stuff in here. I mean, uh, some. I mean, uh, I guess uh, these these parody strips here. They're just they're just. You know, like I said, from superheroes to comic strips, Richie Rich to Casper to Spider-Man, and there's just some just really over-the-top, offensive, funny stuff in here. I mean, was there ever one that you just thought went too far that that uh, you didn't <laughs> use, or is that even possible? <laughs> um, yes, it is. There's, it only happened one time. Um, I, I did one of, uh, it was a parody of Ghost World. And uh, and I showed it to my wife, and and she didn't like it at all. She was really, she wasn't even going to post it on the. She, wasn't even gonna, she didn't even want to post it on the because she does a lot of my computer stuff and, and uh-huh. posting things, and she didn't want to do that. So I had to change it. Wow! So it was too offensive for uh, for your wife, even, huh? Yeah. Because that, that, that's 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 a pretty uh, difficult thing to achieve. I, your wife has has a background in comic books as well, right? You kind of met through that connection, didn't you? Yeah, well, she she used to be um, an art director for the New York Press back in the in the nineties, and she used to uh, work with a lot of cartoonists like Tony Millionaire and uh, Sam Henderson and Kaz, mm-hmm. all the New York Press uh, cartoonists. Yeah. It seems like you guys have a lot of fun things going all the time. Whenever I Catch you guys on IM or whatnot. It's always you know playing some cool video game or eating candy or she's yeah, like on a, our message boards bragging about it's all like the Chuck E. Cheese over here. <laughs> you have a ball pit full of children in your house. <laughs> <laughs> she says that you've got like one of the most insane sweet tooths she's ever encountered. She's yelling at me from the back here. And you only weigh a hundred pounds, and it defies all logic. Who weighs a hundred pounds? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you look like you weigh about maybe 110 tops, huh? Yeah. Yeah, I'm only <laughs> three feet tall. <laughs> so, now, um, you know, I, I was just at the... We have this local store that sells a bunch of sodas, and I understand you guys like going to a, a special store that has a lot of old vintage soda as well. Yeah, there's a really nice one here in L.A. What's it called? The Soda Store? Galco's, is it? Galco's. Galco's in Highland Park. That's right. It's it's really good. They got some really great stuff. Um, what what are some of the the special sodas you found there recently that you really really? They dig? have a really good mint julep soda. 
which I, I really like. Um, is that the one with like the old Kentucky dude on the bottle winking at you, kind of? No, it has. Oh. It, I think it might have a plantation on it. Okay, with like pe- slaves shucking sugar cane in the background. Yeah, it has people being whipped. <laughs> <laughs> um, delicious, um, and uh, they have good chocolate sodas too. And now, w- now, what's a chocolate soda? Is it carbonated in chocolate? Oh, yeah, I mean, I'm not sure what the. I'm not sure how they make it or nothing. It's it's just some sort of soda magic. You just put chocolate and soda together. It's really great. So, but it's not like YooHoo. No, although oh, okay. they do they do sell some kind of egg cream type soda pop thing, um, which is also good. But it, I don't think that qualifies as the chocolate soda. Yeah, I never liked YooHoo much because it just reminded me of someone. Chewing up chocolate and spitting it in a bottle. <laughs> it's mm, a, that sounds good. Yeah, You're well, making I, me hungry. What I just you wearing, by the way. I'm wearing a uh, Yoda underoos mm. and burlap crotchless panties. <laughs> oh, those clash. Yeah, they kind of do. Um, You're wearing. You know, wait I, a minute. You're wearing. Pan- You're wearing pan- crotchless panties over your Yoda underoos. <laughs> it's it's kind of oh, like boy, a, you, you have like a lot of. Uh, yeah, a lot of, you seem to have a lot of underpants on right now. Well, it's, it's for <laughs> added protection <laughs> before the interview Apparently. started. Hey, you know, I, I got a yesterday at the grocery store. Uh, our local gourmet grocery was a Dublin Dr. Pepper. Have you tried that yet? No, is that was some kind of like combination of Dr. Pepper and Irish Spring or something? <laughs> yeah, it's like it's marbled green and white too. It's pretty neat. No, it's um, I guess there's this. Uh, Plant in Dublin, Texas, that makes Dr. Pepper, and they're the first bottler of Dr. Pepper, and they still use cane sugar. They're like the only Dr. Pepper that still uses sugar instead of high fructose corn syrup. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, it's pretty good. It's amazing how, I mean, I don't know if it's just mentally you're expecting it to taste extra good because it's real sugar, but you know, it really is 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 There's amazing. a difference. Well, have you seen now? You now you're closer to to Mexico. There, you've probably come across the Mexican Coke and Pepsi that's available, haven't you? Oh yeah, it's it's a lot sweeter. So I mean, they use the real sugar there. I mean, in fact, I was just reading uh, several of the, the websites that used to sell that where you can order it and, and have it sent to your house. They they say like under legal threats from Coke, they removed it. They're like cracking down on people that are selling the sugar Coke and Pepsi to within the U.S. because they don't want people to think it's better, I guess. I don't know. Mm, illegal Coke. How about Kickapoo Joy Juice? You've tried that? Yeah, that's okay. It's, it's just, just kind of like Mountain like, Dew, huh? Yeah, it's just, I'm not a big Mountain Dew. I'm not, I don't really like Mountain Dew or Sprite or Mellow Yellow or, uh, you know, 7-Up. The yellow stuff up. things, right? What's that? You don't like a lot of the the, the citrusy type sodas. Huh? Yeah, well, I don't know. I, I do. I do like squirt, um, but that's more of an exception for me. Do you remember one that was called Rondo? Honcho? <laughs> Rondo, I think it was called. It was no. like a, a grapefruit type one from the eighties. Well, that, oh, that wow. sounds kind of like squirt. Yeah, probably. Seeing. I remember they had one in, in, in our high school vending machine. It was called Ruby Red Squirt. And that just sounded like the, the worst-sounding name for a soda. <laughs> Sounds like a kind of a VD. <laughs> yeah, it's a symptom, not a soda. 
But uh, now you playing a lot of video games lately? That you you're a big uh, PlayStation fan? <clears throat> yeah, um, I actually started playing this Godfather game that just came out. How is it? That looks cool. I don't know. I I I don't. Uh, I don't know. I guess it maybe because I, I wasn't a big fan of the Godfather movie. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm not sort of falling into the. I'm, I don't know. I'm not getting into the game as much as I might. But uh, it's okay. It's it's very much like the Grand Theft Auto uh, game if you've ever played that. So you pretty much just like start your way as a lowly mafia thug and work your way up to. Godfather. Starring on The Sopranos, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I did have... I had the Warriors game until uh, my cats knocked my, my PlayStation over and burned my Warriors disc. But that was good while it lasted. How does that happen? Um, did the disc burn because the thing got knocked over? Because uh, it, was, it was running. Also, oh, it when, scuffed it up and stuff? Yeah, so when the, when the cats... Ran across the room and dragged the cords onto and pulled the thing onto the floor. Damn! For for some reason, I guess the the laser or something put like a big burn on it, and they weren't able to buff it out. So, man, it's ruined. What did you punish the cats afterwards? Yeah. That's good. I whipped them with my lips. <laughs> So you you, know, you, tur- you turned me on to this movie Street Trash, which I, l- I love so much now. Was that me? I don't know. I'm glad you finally owned up to it. Yes. I know. Did you feel slighted when I was talking about it? And yeah, it you were like talking it? about it and you didn't give me the respect I deserved. You totally dissed me. <laughs> <laughs> you, you stared at a picture of me on the wall. I'm going to get you, Robert Berry. <laughs> that always changes. Like sometimes your picture's on the wall and I'm stabbing it and then... And somehow you make amends, and then I take it off the wall. Then it's back on the ceiling above your bed, right? <laughs> yeah. Hey, now, and you also, you, I have to say, of, of 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 the people I know, you've turned me on to some pretty cool movies in your time. Huh? Oh, look at me. Like, oh, yeah, Free uh, Trash is a, is a great, great movie. And it's Emperor so, of the uh, North, you, uh, you told me oh, to yeah. check out. That's, that's a fantastic movie. I, mean, yeah, I wish you had known about it before you uh, talked to... Uh, Keith Carradine. Oh, I know. I felt I probably could call him again. He's not so busy right now. Yeah, you can ask I think him all he's just, of Lee Marvin questions. I think he's just hoping for a complete Savages reunion movie. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, that's a great. That, that movie's not even on DVD. No, it's not. Have you seen any cool movies lately that you recommend to the Retro Crush uh, podcast listeners out there? A cool movie. Um. Golly gee, gosh, gosh darn it! Um, I don't know. Night Patrol is a good one. Did you ever see that one? Oh, with okay, the unknown this... comic. Yeah, and J.P. Morgan's in it. And uh, yeah, Andrew Dice Clay. And Li- and Linda Blair, I think too. And Billy Barty. Wow. And Pat Paulson. So, did you, you see this recently? Uh, fairly recently, yeah. Well, where did you see it on? I remember seeing it as a kid. Oh, wow, so it's on DVD now. Right. Yeah, there's a lot of movies from that time that, that are just not on DVD that were really pretty whacked out. That's funny. Do you remember one called Midnight Madness? Yeah, they with... Had, uh, Michael J. Fox and... Eddie Deason. Oh, yeah. Eddie Deason, he's, the, he's that nerd from Greece. 
He Eugene, right? Yeah. I actually yeah. saw him a few years ago eating alone at a at a restaurant. <laughs> you know, it's funny I was very as I to, to go up and say something, but I was watching uh, the Polar Express with my kids, which I, and I didn't like. And there's this nerdy kid in the movie who has this the worst kids animation voice. He's like, you know, hey, what's going on? And it's, everything about this kid character, you just you hate and you want to hit him. And and when I saw the credits, it's Eddie Deason did the voice for it. No, did so, he? He yeah, did the so. voice for Mandark in the in the um, Dexter's lab. Cartoons. I was about to say Drexel's class, but I meant uh, at Dexter's Lab. Man, I don't dark. know if you ever watched that show. It's a really good cartoon show. Oh, it's very funny. Yes. Now but speaking, he plays, of... he, plays uh, De- he plays Dexter's Earth, Man Dark. Now speaking of Nickelodeon, well, that's not Nickelodeon. That's Cartoon Network, huh? Yeah. Well, Jesus speaking Christ. of cartoons that are on TV, Nickelodeon. Um, you also do some work for their magazine. How's that for a segue? But uh, not very good, huh? But uh, I, uh, you do these great gag panels for Nickelodeon, and um, the, the, is that a pretty regular gig for you there? Um, it has been. Uh-huh. I haven't heard from them in in a while. So if you're listening, Nickelodeon, give me a call. Um, but yeah, I I, I was pretty regular in there for the last couple of years I was kind of uh, just a a regular gag guy in there for quite a while can you talk about this thing that I heard about about a movie about some farm animals movie about farm animals that you know it's based on a Charlotte's Web yeah I didn't want to say anything if I wasn't supposed to um (laughs) Okay. You know how I mean, I, I, is that the movie you're talking about? Yeah. Really? Because uh, no affiliation with me. Oh, okay. I just had heard something, but I'll edit this out because this part's pretty awkward sounding now. <laughs> well, no, they they had they they were contacting me about doing like doing some kind of punching up of the script or something. Uh-huh. But that, that never really happened. They called like the next day and canceled, and then I never heard from them again. So <laughs> they looked at some of your comics and said, "What the fuck uh, were we thinking?" I don't know. <laughs> it was, it, that might be the case. That seems to be the case in a lot of things. Have your family members uh, read your comics, like your mom or dad or anybody? And um, said she. My mother has. Really? Yeah. Um. Yeah, she's she's read them, but you know, and she just oh, that's nice. Yeah. So, uh, not really her cup of tea. <laughs> yeah, she's not really into comics of the thing shitting uh, on the human torch. Huh? I said I I try to send her mostly like the the Nickelodeon and Mad Magazine thing. Uh huh. I really like, you know, you're really carrying on, I, I think, a really good tradition of, of the gag comic. I mean, the one-panel gags that I think in another time, I mean, had, you know, National Lampoon still been going as good as it used to in the 70s. I mean, that would have been a an awesome venue for you. I mean, you, your stuff's certainly right as good as some of that stuff. I mean, I, I, did you read a lot of those when you were growing up, the, the stuff that National um, Lampoon was doing? Or? No, I never, I, I mean, I was mostly in reading Mad. Uh-huh. Um, which and you do some work for as well, right? Yeah, 
Um, and I've read, I've, I've read a lot of, you know, gag books growing up, like the, uh, the far side ones and the, um, just, you know, general anthologies of gags and whatnot. Um, which, what's your favorite? But yeah, the seventies were definitely a, a, a much better time for, for humor comics. The things are really pretty grim in the comics world now, as far as humor goes. Would you say the the humor books you do for Fanagraphics are fairly consistent, or are they like kind of gaining audience as time goes on, or is it how hard is that market to really do immensely well in? I mean, I mean, I'm I'm I think I'm doing better than I did when I when I started. Uh Uh You know, so I think just getting my name out there and gradually building an audience and all. Um, but uh, you know, it, it could always be better. You know, they're they're, they're but it's comics. You know, it's 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 really, uh, you know, especially alternative comics. It's really tough to to find a, a marketplace where where these are going to sell and and to get people interested in in reading them. I mean, when you think that my books, at least the comic books, are only sold in in comic stores, and then the, it's only in comic stores that probably, because not all comic stores sell the alternative comics. Most, you know, probably a majority of them just stick to the superhero stuff. So then, you know, that even, like, lessens the marketplace that my stuff is sold in. So, you know, now my stuff is only sold in these sort of cool comic shops that actually cater to a wide variety of tastes. Um so yeah, very very limited marketplace for for what I do. Um, you know, if if there was some way to maybe get my stuff out there and get more people uh, aware of it, you know, the, maybe you know things would get a little better as far as circulation goes. But I think you pretty much need to do a Holocaust story. Yeah, <laughs> that might tip scales. So I mean, I imagine that the collecting the stuff in the in the trade paper bags at least helps because you can sort of broaden out to the bookstores. Yeah, that's that's definitely there. a plus um, uh-huh. when you when you get that because then more there's more venues for your for your book. But even then, you know, I mean, uh, I don't know. I, I mean, uh, whenever I go to any type of bookstore that might even have a, a graphic novel section, I always see. Take the time to look around and see if I can find my stuff, and of course they never have it. So, um, you know, I think also it's a content thing. So, you know, a lot of these mainstream stores don't want to carry what I'm selling. Yeah, I can imagine any any number of the pages in your comics. Uh, some news expose could probably turn to a, any one of them and show it on a look what they're selling at this bookstore. <laughs> right. So all uh, I need is some. Some race of people to riot, so I can get some more some attention here. Yeah, well, you, well, you're getting pretty close to that there with some of this stuff. <laughs> but, uh, so now, Lodi McGee, tell us a little bit about Lodi McGee. He's obviously, along with Blecky Yuckerilla, your prime uh, prize uh, creation there. I mean, he's the star of uh, your Angry Youth comics. Mm-hmm. And uh, what, what I mean, what in a nutshell is Lodi McGee uh, all about? Um. He's just a he's just an angry guy, um, you know. I, I I based his appearance on this this kid that 
I went to school with. I went to uh, uh, I went to the sort of preppy school when I was a teenager, and and uh, there was this kid that started started going to our school, and he had this total punk look going. He had bright red hair that was all spiky, um, and he was just fucking covered. His face was just covered with acne, like the worst acne you've ever seen. It was such a great look, and um, and it was kind of funny. It was it was as he, you know, as the years went by, it was kind of sad to see the the punk slowly drain out of him as he started to comb his hair and wear sweaters and his face um, cleared up more. <laughs> yeah, and uh, so it, it was like you know, uh, it was like uh, Oprah Winfrey in the color purple when her spirit is slowly broken and she begins to. Um, yeah, so uh, so yeah, that early version of him was was sort of the, the physical appearance and all was of, of Lodi. Um, but yeah, I don't know the. I guess the actual like a- anger part of it is is, uh, is I don't know. I guess the, the worst part about myself, I guess. So, now, is this kind of or maybe a, the best? I guess depending on. Your <laughs> I mean, do you look at him as sort of like an alter ego for you to just vent out all the stuff that you maybe wouldn't tell people in real life, or is that not really... Um, I mean, is there a part of... Uh, I mean, obviously, there's a part of you in as far as from a sense of humor perspective, mm-hmm. but uh, I don't know, just... Uh, I, I think one of my favorite strips uh, that you did with him was... Uh, oh, let me see. It was, it was a... a a story to call Blind Date, where uh, right. his, his buddy Sinus, uh, <laughs> like the open, I'm looking through it now, the opening uh, uh, sequence has him uh, scrubbing used toilet paper and hanging it up on a clothesline because uh, have you noticed how the price of toilet paper is going through the roof? and how right, he's, he's uh, recycling the used toilet paper. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, his buddy uh, Sinus, who's pretty much his... Uh, his whipping boy who puts up with him no matter what and uh they go out on a, a blind date to this comedy club and I, honestly i think this this bit that he does once he gets in there is, is just so hilarious i'd really love to see a a comedian pull this this act off he just he tells all these great he basically he doesn't like the comedians that are performing there so he says he could do a better job and gets up there and what well, he's a Grabbing some does the meatloaf impressions. Yes, puts meatloaf on his uh, as a beard and mohawk, and does a Mr. T in a blackface uh, with with meatloaf on his face, and the whole works there. But uh, they did a translation of that story in in Spain, uh-huh. and they had to put like little footnotes under those under those drawings, and just, you know, tell the the readers who Mr. T was. This is funny in America, <laughs> right? Gosh, and great stuff. Now I've also noticed I mean, just, it's fun flipping through. I mean, y- y- the the style of uh, of of Lodi has sort of changed through the years a little bit. As far as uh, I mean, do, do you have like a a set model sheet you use for him, or is it just kind of no, uh, as you change your it just kind of the way you draw him sort of evolves a little too? Yeah, or? I mean, I think that's kind of the at least not. I guess uh, you know a lot of cartoonists like you know if you if you look at their early stuff and you see how the character changes over time yeah um so you know i don't you know i don't have like a template that i i use every time that i draw the character 
Uh, I think that there's probably just some natural streamlining going on with, with all my characters just to make them look clean and, and simple. So now your you know, your other comic, Blecky Yuccarella, mm-hmm. now she did she started in the pages of Angry Youth Comics and kind of right. branched out to her own thing and, and For, so the Yeah, the the it started just as a as a uh, what, like a six or seven page story in, in Angry Youth Comics number three. Uh-huh. And uh, a few years later the the Portland Mercury the their their weekly paper up there. Um they asked if I wanted to do a, a weekly strip, and um, I thought that it would be, it might be, uh, you know, good, good promotional thing, and it might, uh, uh, you know, it, it might uh, improve my, you know, doing a weekly strip might improve my my drawing skills. So sure. I thought I would take a shot at it, and uh, I've been in there for a few years now, so. Now some of those strips I read them and it's just hilarious to think that these are on a free newspaper that people are getting and I'm just wondering what the letters to the editor must be like some weeks because I mean there's some pretty uh it does it feels like they give you I mean aside from that the Arab strip incident we talked about it seems like they give you uh, a lot of free reign to just well I mean you got to remember this is like a weekly paper you know and you you open up the back and there's there's classified ads for or uh, trannies that want to suck your feet, so you know it. it there is, like, huh? Uh, <laughs> do they um, do they deliver to Sacramento? <laughs> okay, uh, well, well, you know, call. I think I might. About the free so you, I mean, the, the uh, you know, the, they're 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 pretty laid back in their in their attitude about that kind of thing, um, but compared to. Most of the stuff I do, I I try to keep it kind of tame. Yeah, I, I think with Blecky, what's interesting is that it, on the surface, she's just this disgusting, filthy freak of nature in so many ways. But there's this sweetness to her that's the heart of gold. Yeah, I mean, in fact, I mean, I I think the the influence of uh, some of the old Harvey characters is certainly. In there a little bit, you know, where you have little Lotta, who's this big fat girl who likes eating food, and sure, you know, in fact, well, just uh, like you know, these these Harvey sort of like hideous, well, not hideous, but cute monsters, uh huh, like uh, hot stuff and Casper, um, you know that that you Isn't know, are, a shame are that supposed nobody's... to be, you know, that, that kind of scare people, but it's but they're actually very nice. Yeah, well, I think that's a crime that the, the the Harvey stuff's not being published by anybody. Yeah, they should reprint some of that stuff. I know they're reprinting a lot of the. Uh, they're they're putting together a lot of Archie collections. So now you have a uh, issue number eleven is going to also come out this what, this uh, late spring, oh, early June. summer, June. Um, I'm I'm making pretty good time on it. Cool. So. Uh, yeah, and then there'll be another Blecky Yuccarella collection later this year, probably in December. But the the comic book Holocaust collection should be out in June as well. And that'll be available through your website? Um, and perhaps some that'll, other distributors? That'll be available uh, hopefully in bookstores, but also uh, 
I guess at whenaventurapress.com. There'll probably be a link on my site. But that's so. independent from Fanagraphics, right? This is right. A whole another thing. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, uh, it you know, there's just a ton of these great books. I mean, I think if anybody just types Johnny Ryan, if they go to Fanagraphics, if they don't see some links for you right on the front page, um, you can do no wrong whether there's any individual issue of Angry Youth Comics you want to try out, if you can find a comic shop that, that carries them or, or buy it there. Um, you've got uh, the best of Angry Youth Comics, the early years, uh, a, a trade paperback called Porta Johnny. you got What Are You Looking At, which is volume one of your collected Angry Youth Comics. Uh-huh. Um, is there a volume two going to be coming soon, too? Or? Um, I haven't planned one yet, but probably. Eventually, for sure, huh? Yeah. So, uh, great. Well, and don't uh, forget the Shouldn't You Be Working comics, too. That's right. Which are just those, those are all the, you mentioned earlier, the, the drawings that I used to do at the urological clinic. Those are all collected in those Shouldn't You Be Working books. Yes, and there's all kinds of fun stuff, too, with, uh, I mean, if, if if people just check out your site on a regular basis, they're going to find all kinds of great stuff. And you've also got a link to, uh, um, original artwork of your comics and even some fun uh, I know you do some custom artwork and some every now and then you do some just off the wall paintings that you throw up there for sale so there's some so there's a, throw there's up always, is the key word yes yeah, always something going on at Johnny always R. something R. throwing up exactly well you got any last things you'd like to say to the fans before we, before we go there um yes alright what would that be? Um, I don't know. Yeah, well, I'll edit something cool in for you. Just yeah, just like cut something out of a really cool movie and paste it in. Cool. I'll find. I'll cut find something out of street trash of the the guys playing uh, keep away with the guy's cock. Well, on that happy note, it was sure nice talking to you. And um, folks, please Are you check go out. See Slither? Yeah, I'm seeing a sneak of it this Thursday. It's that Killer Slugs. It looks kind of good. Are you going to see it? Oh, yeah. I've been waiting for this forever. My whole life. I just got in the mail today uh, an invitation to see a press screening of Basic Instinct Failure to 2. Launch. Yeah. No, it was Basic Instinct 2, and, oh, but I have to be there good. tomorrow at 9 in the morning. Like they're, like they're just sneaking it in some early morning thing, so they're hoping most of the, the critics can't make it and give it a bad review, I guess. I don't know. But, you, get, you get to see Sharon Stone's old, wrinkly cunt. Yeah, and she's like naked like crazy in this movie. There's like a, yeah. a bunch of footage of it they got out, and it's just like it's nothing but her doing stuff in it. It's like granny porn. Tranny granny. So... All right, well, thanks, Johnny, and um, and uh, thanks for the time, and uh, take care, and we'll talk to you again soon. All right. Adios. Talk sir. to you later. Right, bye. bye. Well, thanks again to Johnny for uh, talking with us there, and uh, you can visit his website at Johnny 
R. That's J O H N N Y R dot com, and uh, he's got uh, some really cool special things going on. There's there's a link, uh, and, and we'll put it on the podcast link as well directly. But um, there's this uh, website called the Comics Art Collective, and he's actually selling off uh, a lot of the original artwork from the most recent issue of Angry Youth Comics. So, and I believe he's offering free shipping for some time. So it's a really good chance to get some. Uh, comic art from a, from a legendary artist there so uh be nice to support uh the great local comics the real local comics from america you know so uh anyway uh that's about all that we have time for today i wanted to mention a few things there um you heard us talking about slither at the end of that interview and um it's the movie about the weird slugs and stuff and I, I cannot recommend this movie enough. I saw it with my friends Darren and Christy from Trash Film Orgy on Thursday night. And we pretty much spent the whole movie just laughing or going, oh, fuck, because it's just it's, it's this great blend of uh, humor and gore. Um, it's scary and disgusting all at the same time, but very funny. It's got laughs throughout. Um, it stars uh, Michael Rooker, who you might remember from uh, Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer, and Days of Thunder. <laughs> but uh, the guy's great in this film, and uh, it's uh, just just full. Of, it really reminds me uh, a lot of uh, the Evil Dead Two in in tone. So, if, uh, just a really great eighty style monster movie uh, that just doesn't disappoint. So, uh, I really was not expecting uh, something as funny and, and and highly entertaining as I did. Uh, next podcast, we like I said, we're going to play a lot of different TV theme songs. Uh, we're also going to start covering the. Uh, greatest cover songs of all time. So if you've got any recommendations for that, um, you can always email us, rberry at retrocrush.com. Visit the website, retrocrush.com. And our message boards, which you heard us talk about, we, we'd love to have you there. We've got uh, nearly 800 people uh, talking about all sorts of retro topics on there. And I uh, haven't got any calls. Uh, and I, I just realized the last two podcasts I didn't mention our voicemail number. And I think that's uh, put an impact on our voicemail. Call the Retro Crush voicemail, 916-231-9480. Um, it's a call to Sacramento, California. And it just goes straight to voicemail, so you don't have to worry about waking anybody up or any time of night, drunk, sober, whatever. Um, love to hear from you. Uh, just you know, comments about the show. If you want to sing a song, say something stupid, whatever. We'd, lo- we'd love to hear from you. Um, next episode, we're also going to be playing some uh, songs from uh, a, a local uh, rockabilly band uh, in town called the Hellouts. It's a lot of fun, and they do some fun covers of, of some standards there. And uh, we'll see you then. Uh, I'm gonna, we'll probably have a new episode in about a couple days, and we're going to be giving away a lot of DVDs next week. So please keep listening. Please, uh, you know, uh, tell tell some friends to subscribe to the podcast as well. We'd really like to help increase the listeners out there. So I'm going to leave you with uh, Johnny Ryan's favorite TV theme song from the 70s. Uh, it's a great uh, theme sung by Jose Feliciano, who's famous for... Uh, being uh, blind and Mexican and singing uh, Feliz Navidad, which uh, means Merry Christmas in uh, in Spanish there. So here he is, uh, the theme to Chico and the Man. Don't be discouraged 
so hard to understand He goes If you try now I know that you can lend a helping hand Because it's good in everyone And a new day has begun You can see the morning sun If you try And I know Dado. Things will be better Quando is true Oh yes Feliz Navidad the Chico and the man Menudo La 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 la